everybody. Welcome to the HP Podcast, your weekly gaming podcast from handsomephantom.com. I'm your host, Dustin. Here with me, beautiful boys, Brandon. Hey. Ben. Hello. And we have the Pog Champ of HP here, Matt Borges. <laughs> What's up? Howdy. You're So I threw you into this situation because you're th- coming through town. Uh, you're headed to school in Chicago. You're staying here. And uh, as the newest member of HP, I was like, you know, it seems like it's going to line up. Because originally you're going to be here yesterday. Mm-hmm. And then weather happened and whatever. And so it, it ended up working out that you're here on recording night. So you're here. What's up? Uh, nothing much. You know, I, I, I fought through hell and hellfire to get through here. <laughs> and now, you know, I'm reaping the reward. I didn't know. I walked in and Ben was just staring at me from the chair. And mm. I was like, something's going down. I didn't know if I was going to be sacrificed or whatever else. Well, that's... It's still on the it's table. Always it's always a possibility. Yeah. It's all yeah. perfectly legal. Someone's just got to pull out the knife and stab me in the stomach. Oh, jeez. Right. You are in Western Pennsylvania, so <laughs> anything can happen. Here. Yeah. yeah, everyone has guns here. Brandon has a knife on him right now, I'm guessing. That's actually not true. No, oh, it's not true right now. Yeah, for the first time in a long time. I started working at the bank, and I couldn't carry it there, so I just stopped carrying it. Right. Yeah. You know how, it, you know how these things are. You know how these banks are about You knives. know these banking rules. So, but wait, I as a customer could walk into the bank with a knife. Sure, you could walk in with a gun. Just don't show it. I may or may not have done that before. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. On that note, uh, <laughs> so so Matt, you are you edit so you edit videos for us. That's kind of like your new role. Do we have a role for Matt, like his official no title? I think it would just technically be editor. Editor. Yeah. 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 That's in my Twitter bio. In your Twitter. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I did tell you that was your title. So. <laughs> that's why. I Very nice. Very nice. Immediately. So real quick, um, before we get started, just so people aren't like, who's this fucker on the, on the podcast? Wh- tell us about yourself. What's your shtick? Um, uh, I don't know. All right. Hi, my name's Matt. I am a college student who is from Connecticut, but currently lives in Chicago. Uh, I played video games my whole life, but more so listened to video game industry news my whole life. And that's kind of what I really enjoy, even more so than I kind of forget to play the game sometimes. It's and, about the uh, conversation. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a cool, uh, hip dude. I <laughs> skate. I have a dope-ass car. Oh, shit. And I fuck. And that's oh, how. okay. Okay. In that order. You'll fit in on this <laughs> okay. podcast. Only Phil is here. Hey, you sh- yeah. I really think it's tr- complete trash and garbage, and you're the worst. But you have a you have a show you can plug, right? Oh yeah, it's I, not trash, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, I also host a show called The Game Is Fun with my uh, technologically inept friend Carl. Uh, it's available on all major podcast services. Just search The Game Is Fun. There you it's go. about Nintendo. Yeah, it's about Nintendo. So you guys can go check that out. Leave him a nice review, rating, whatever. But uh, yeah, we're happy to have you here, Matt. Thank Welcome. You. To the show. Uh, I don't know if there's really anything else to say on that other than hopefully he's, you don't fuck it up now. He's, he's the up- <laughs> Phil's not here, but we have the upgrade. That's mm. right. The younger, Damn, faster dude. version. Right. That's. I was going to say, Matt, the interesting thing. <laughs> the, Am the, I Phil? You might be. No. Um, the interesting thing about um, our relationship with you is that you're. You're just, you're not way younger than us, but enough that like sometimes I'm like, Matt would understand this and I don't yeah. like certain phrases or like, you know, you really brought the, the pog. That's why I said the yeah. pog champ of handsome phantom. Have you started saying that now? Unironically yes. by accident? Yes. Dude, yes. It's like yeah. a Twitch thing. Let's no, go. not unironically, but I've started saying okay. it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's totally Brennan's right. It's totally a Twitch thing. But it's now a Twitch it became, thing. It became yeah. like sort of a, a cringe into itself, yeah. into a meme. And now, you know, there's all those little memes of you are my little pog champ. And oh, yeah. it started ironically, and now it's just genuine for me. Yeah, yeah, dude. That's, that's how it happens. That's how it always goes. Mm-hmm. 
all the time. I will say something ironically in jest, making fun of it. And it just becomes a part of the vernacular. Well, specifically, let's shine a little light on that. We say it a lot. We out here? We out here? I literally, yeah. I said that so many times ironically that I, I said it the other night and I stopped and thought about it for a second. And I was like, why am I saying this? Yeah. Right. The new one to pick up is AO Facts. My girlfriend genuinely gets mad at me because I'll be like, Facts. 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 AO yeah. Facts. Dude, dude, TikTok has got me on a little bit of this. Mm. No cap, you know? Yeah. All mm. that. Wow. This is ne- <laughs> next level. I don't, I don't know what's this happening. This is gamer anymore. speak radio. No, next time we're gonna have you learning the Renegade. You're gonna start your own little channel there. Get out there shaking your ass for the bucks, dude. Oh, dude. That's the TikTok. That's the TikTok grind. Now, okay, hold on. We're fuck it. So <laughs> <laughs> this new term, yeah, which I, has I think been explained to me, but and it's popped up a lot to the point where people in my Twitch chat are saying it, and I see it on my the YouTube comments for Last Stand is saying something is based or yeah. they'll be like oh, based yeah. Dustin. Based in Dustin build. What? Yeah. I don't okay, maybe I don't <laughs> understand this. Okay. So um it's actually very funny because memes are just so uh spread throughout everything now that they just fully become reality eventually. I actually sure. had to read like a book for class on it. Um it all from my understanding comes back to when I was on like in middle school on 4chan and all of this stuff has been there for years and years and years. Like the Wojak memes, so like the that like I hate your argument, that sort of thing, rage face. It's all kind of like rage comics. Um, yeah, and that's just sort of spread out there, and that became internalized. Like the memes are then themselves turned into memes, and it's layers right. and layers upon irony. And now uh, it used to be like based in cozy pill, but now you can be based in whatever pill. Like it's like the red pill, the black pill, mm. multiple types of pills. So it's a good thing. Base is good, right? Like I'm, yeah, I'm no closer to understanding. It, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> base is the opposite of cringe. Oh. So you can you you want to be based, you do not want to be cringed. I okay. think I was okay. like kicking okay. ass in Dark Souls and yeah. someone said based Dustin. Or yeah. Something. And then like the joke that goes that I was like, you're supposed to go like based on what? Oh. Yeah. That's like the Okay. That's the, the wow. addendum meme. That's the progression. Okay. Yeah. The millennials are no longer in charge. They've Yeah. We're out. All right. Well, <laughs> on that note, this is the HP podcast. <laughs> Such a strange start. Uh, Here we are. Yeah. Uh, HP Podcast, weekly gaming podcast from Handsome Phantom. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You already know this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. We're on Patreon at patreon.com slash handsomephantom. You can get early access to this show for just a dollar a month. And then at the $3 level, you can get access to HP After Dark, which there's a brand new episode. Very fresh. Very fresh. So you can check that out. Or if you want to check out the older episodes that are available for free, there's a feed for that. Just search HP After Dark. And uh, at the $5 level, you can get your name at the end of this show. You can be a producer of Handsome Phantom. So check that out. Okay. Got the plugs out of the way. Actually, you know what? I got one more plug because we don't normally mention at the top. I want to mention at the top. Join us on our Discord, the Handsome Phantom Discord. That's uh, You can easily get a link by going to handsomephantom.com slash Discord. Okay. We actually have a lot of news this week. Ooh. We've had a lot of light news weeks mm-hmm. the past couple weeks. It feels like every week it seems like it's going to be a, new, a light news week. It ends up being a busy news week. True. Yeah. Well, we're able to, our ability to like stretch things out and not in a bad way. Right. Has gotten pretty decent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So we can ruminate. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the big news, the hot news from today. And that is we've got more details on the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. It is. Uh, so here's what you're getting with this whole package. You're getting all the DLC. 
for all three Mass Effect games. That's over 40 DLC that will be included. Uh, they're touting that it'll be in 4K HDR. Uh, the the big thing, though, is that they're doing like overhauled visuals. It'll be better performance, like you can play it at 60 FPS. They even went in and replaced a lot of the models, shaders, the different effects, the lighting. Um, but there's also like some different quality of life improvements, like uh, the 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 infamous Mako controls from mm, Mass Effect One. If yeah. you guys remember that, is being improved. The Mako. The Ma- oh, the Mako. That's right. I'm th- Mako is from Final Fantasy VII. I haven't, yeah, I haven't even played. And I, that's I the like, light. That yeah, that's right. Right. Okay. So uh, one other big thing. This is a big thing for me. Is that they made a new standard female Shepard model for Mass Effect Three. That is way better than the original from Mass Effect 1 and 2. What, and do, you, what do you mean by way better? Just um, less better. weird looking. Okay. I seriously, I don't exactly remember. Yeah. Sounds like some serious lookism, Dustin. It might be. <laughs> I mean. I'm just imagining the Andromeda character models. And I feel like there could be improvement regardless. That's here. right. So anyway, you'll be able to use that uh, that model specifically from the very beginning of Mass Effect 1. Mm. Nice. Now. Something this game that change some dynamics pretty substantially, though. What do you mean? They can like change romances and stuff. Yeah, was Friendship available originally, or did she only get introduced in two onwards? No, she's she was available from the beginning. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and what's interesting is that the voice actress Jennifer Hale, yeah, she is in amongst the, the Mass Effect fans often referred to as the better, yeah voice experience mm-hmm. i don't n- remember the name of the male voice actor other than he's v- kind of canadian a little maybe a little dry yeah at points you know how we feel about canadians right, on this right. podcast so <laughs> disgusting exactly <laughs> Sorry, matt Dave. you already you you fit right in try my best <laughs> so how do we feel about this matt i'll kick this to you first as the guest are you a, a mass effect fan or are you excited to dive in for the first time or you don't even care so the weird thing with franchises like these that have a lot of cachet moving forward and you're starting to see these remakes come back is that I was way too young to play them when they first came out. Um, I think I was only really conscious of the gaming big games coming out around the time of Mass Effect 3 because I remember it was a big deal that it also came to the Wii U yeah. and I got the Wii U for Christmas that <laughs> oh, year yeah. and nice. I was like, ah, it's my time and there was like a weird Moshe comic you had to play. I eventually <laughs> got them all on PC and I put about like five hours into each one of them. Mass Effect 1, I got to a place where you had to drive on a planet with, like, a, a car. That's and, the the Mako. Yeah, the, the I thought it was absolutely car. terrible. Infamous, yeah. yes. So I, I quit out of that one. Then I ended up playing a little bit 2 and a little bit of 3. I actually did use Femship because I was actually, I thought she was the cooler one. Yeah. Um, And I don't know. That series has always just been kind of out of my reach. Uh, I don't know if I'm much of a Western RPG guy. Hmm. I, I usually find myself with more traditional JRPGs. I, I didn't really connect to the characters as much as I've heard other people say. Interesting. Yeah. Well, this is, seems like the the perfect package if you were interested in hopping back in. I will say that these games are RPGs, mm. but they're also kind of not, especially when you get later in like Mass Effect 3 where they're kind of like third person shooters with RPG elements. I feel like the first one's even like that to some extent. Yeah. I mean, I've said before and I'll say again, I haven't, I've never played these games, but I've seen a significant amount of footage from them yeah. and gameplay from them uh, and maybe even watch people stream them. So, so Ben, is this your gateway into playing all three? Yeah. That's what I said before is that, you know, I've used the fact that I, you know, oh, I'd have to hook up an old console or I'd have to buy that this way. Cause I only have it digitally. Like I even own all three of the games originally 
the original games. I just got them like later used. But so this is definitely my gateway because I no longer have an excuse. It's going to look good. It's going to hopefully run well. And I don't have an excuse not to play these games that I've literally always wanted to play and they just never fit in. Right. Brandon? I am in a weird spot because the only game I've played is Andromeda. And so oh, I don't really have any base. <laughs> it's um, a bad base. Yeah. Um, but you I, liked Andromeda. I found the world to be interesting. Yeah. Um, and that was the biggest draw for me is that it was very space, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm concerned with old world Jang creeping into these games. Right. I wonder how much. So Mako has new controls, right? What about yes. everything else? So that's one of the big things they talked about either, you know, in their they did like a presentation for press. And so you see like all the major sites has their own like kind of previews and talking about what they told them. And specifically what they mentioned is that that, email went to our spam folder. That's why we right. right. (laughs) One of the big things they mentioned is that a lot of the reworking, especially when it comes to the feel of the game, is in Mass Effect one, which is much needed as I think it was like a year or two ago probably two or three years ago now. I have no concept of time anymore. I went back and tried to play some of Mass Effect 1, and I was like, yikes, this needs a little help. Right. And so uh, they're specifically going back and reworking a lot of Mass Effect 1 stuff. So, but yeah, I am, I'm really excited about this. This is a series that was very near and dear to me when they were coming out. Well, I played Mass Effect 1 right before 2 came out, and then I got 2, and then, you know, when 3 came right. out, it was such a big, big moment. And uh, I'm just excited for, you know, people like in, in Matt's camp that maybe weren't uh, in the, the gaming space quite the way they are now and have a chance to check out this trilogy. I'm curious, as you are someone who played it originally at release, uh, someone who didn't play it like me, looking at that re-release screenshot of the Mako when they, it was the remastered version versus the original, I think it looks kind of weird. I think it looks like they just took like a blown out HDR filter. I'm, I'm unconvinced on specifically that part. The alien model they redid was cool, but that one shot kind of threw me off. Do you yeah. like the direction they're taking with it? To be honest, that driving the Mako, is it, wait, hold on. Now I'm confused. Mako. Mako. It's a shark. <laughs> yeah, it's a shark. Driving the Mako really, really sucks. And I to the point where I've like blocked that out of my memory because I believe that's only in the first game. I was talking about like the, the art style, how they've redone, redone it. I don't even remember. I remember seeing it in the trailer briefly, but it wasn't different enough that it caused me any concern. Okay. So maybe I need to go back and reanalyze I things. Say, they have one specific screenshot where it looks like it's just like a giant, almost Star Trek level lens flare. Mm. And it kind of it just shook shook me off a little bit, you know. Yeah. I saw some some memes already that were like making fun of the lens flare, like the J.J. Abrams level <laughs> lens uh, flare yeah. going on. I didn't notice that when I watched the trailer, though. Maybe I'm just not very observant. I noticed it, but I didn't know if it was different. I yeah. couldn't remember because I'd never you know fully played them. But anyway, yeah, this is coming out in May. What so else is it coming on? Is it on all the major? I mean, not Switch, I assume. I was going to say, is it going to Switch? No. That would be some shit. PS4, Xbox, and something that I, I'm i thinking now, I, I didn't get the full details about how the next-gen consoles will take advantage. I have a feeling this is like going to be one of those, it's enhanced via uh, you know, backwards compatibility, but it's right. not like a full PS5 Series X release. Right. Which is fine yeah. for me. 
especially in light of some of these other um, ways they've used backwards compatibility to really enhance games. Sure. Well, it's going to be like three games for 60 bucks. So, I mean, oh, yeah. you're getting value. If they give us an unlocked frame rate, I think that's more than enough than a lot of other developers have done. Yeah, really? Dude, that's the thing is, yeah, when I played all three of these games, they were in, you know, 30 FPS on Xbox 360. So playing it at a high frame rate is going to be... I think, Key. Yeah, I think you'll probably see like PS4 Pro, Xbox Series X will probably do like the upscaled 4K at locked 30. And then hopefully we'll see an unlocked version where you get that either checkerboard or maybe even native. But I don't think so on the next gen. I don't you get that at 60. I feel like next gen, depending on the level of upgrades, they may be able to do a native 4K 60. Since we've seen other games... Trying to think. I think it really depends on how much work they're putting into these overhauls because something like uh, I think we're gonna get to it later, but the uh, announced God of War patch that's yes. a PS4 game, uh, it's gonna run at 4K60 checkerboarded, mm. but these are older engines from PS3 360 era, so maybe they're not as complex in that way where maybe they would be able to boost it up all the way to a native, it's a good right? Point. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, we'll have to see, but either way, those are coming in May. Uh, I'd Surprisingly, again, did not write down the exact date, but it's a little later than people thought because a lot of people were hoping for March. But I'm guessing that internally, the the leaks we saw were March and it was delayed, even though it wasn't an announced delayed. It was an internal delay, which right. is, totally makes sense in light of the current state of development with COVID. But yeah, let's move on to other really big news that is not surprising, but kind of is at the same time. And that is Google Stadia is shutting down their internal studios, their two studios that they have. And they're really kind of shifting the direction of what Stadia even is. So the two studios they're shutting down are a team in Montreal and a team in Los Angeles. And they have a total of 150 developers, which they didn't say that they were going to. They're not losing their jobs. They're going to relocate them hopefully within google to the right. beanbag room yeah, yeah. the beanbag room yeah <laughs> so we're gonna pay you to stay here for the good pr <laughs> right which it just sucks because i'm sure that there are a ton of those developers are like i don't want to work for google yeah I want right. to make video yeah, games really yeah or i mean i'm sure there's there are plenty of them who felt like what they were working on was cool yeah right so that's always a shame to get your project shut down so so part of this also is that Jade Raymond, who was like one of the big names attached to these studios, she kind of brought Assassin's Creed to what it, you know, to the fame that it, that it well, was the heyday, right? In Ubisoft, she's leaving the company completely to go find a new venture. Can you, when did she start? Because at the time on this show, I said she won't be there more than a year. She's too talented. That is a good question. Um, Very prescient. Thank you. You I don't see the future. I don't know how long this, she's uh, been there. I don't think that that was much of a long shot, though. I ben, think that was kind of a that was your second manifestation this year. First, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Now this. Yeah. It's true. So yeah, Jade Raymond. Because I was curious about this. She um. Let's see. Oh, she was executive producer on Assassin's Creed Two, Assassin's Creed Bloodlines, Splinter Cell, Blacklist, Watch Dogs, uh, the the Mighty Quest for Epic Loot in 2015. I've heard of that game. What is what that? Is that? Uh, beats me what it is, but I've seen an advertisement for it. Wow. Okay. Wikipedia okay. says it's Power a free-to-play yep. <laughs> free action role-playing video game developed by Ubisoft Montreal. Okay. I get it. I think it was on like Uplay for like one day it was advertised. Okay. Yeah. 
So anyway, she's out, which, you know, I don't blame her at this point. If they're it's funny because these two this these teams didn't even release a game. Right. They were I'm, I'm sure they're probably in some level of production right now. That's just like, well, that's was, over. Was it going to be a stadia? Were they going to be stadia exclusives? So here's the thing. If Google's looking at it and they're like, we've done this seen nothing we've done this seen negative we've done this seen positive if they're looking at their history and they're like there aren't enough users of our service to pay for this game to get made and we don't have much faith that it's going to bring more people in, enough people in then it is the business financial smart thing to do probably uh you know they're trying it it didn't work so if they don't have the user base to support the cost then why even bother Right. Serious Sam didn't do as well as they were hoping. That's true. Well, that wasn't the first part. <laughs> oh, because it was yeah. on Stadia. That was, yeah. 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 It was on Stadia. So one of, the, <laughs> <laughs> one of the other big shifts that they have talked about is the fact that... So right now there's no plans to shut down Stadia, the service, right. for now. I hope not. Um, it will continue to exist. They're going to continue to incorporate third-party games... But they're like, we're not shutting it down, but we're just kind of signaling that we don't really think you should use it anymore. We're putting it on live support. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So right now they are shifting over to also offer Stadia as like a technology to third parties that they can sell Stadia tech to. I don't know what that means exactly. Like for me, it, I thought like, well, maybe... They could sell Stadia tech to EA and then EA could use that tech to stream games in one way or another or something like that. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. they could honestly, I could see them trying to take a market position similar to NVIDIA's GeForce Now, mm. but try and apply it to a larger base while their program, which is uh, something that allows you to play allowed games, allows you to stream them for free for up to an hour. Otherwise, you can do a paid version, which allows you like priority access and you can go for as long as you want. NVIDIA's had a lot of pushback with that service where publishers have removed their games from it because they didn't get express permission. Right. Um, so I might see Google actually taking that sort of position, but letting you have to pay for those games again, similar to it. Um, because there was already a leaked part of the Capcom, uh, the, the big data leak that happened. Oh, where yeah, they yeah. Pay, Google paid Capcom like $10 million for like, to port to Google Stadia, but then those games were also removed from access on GeForce Now. Mm. So I'm seeing that maybe they're trying to position themselves as, if you get in the foot in the door, you can beat Microsoft before they can get that little chip to let you play xCloud on your TV. Right. You can already do it with Google Stadia. You might see them do more exclusivity deals, which I think is worse for the consumer, but it might be their best foot forward. Yeah, that's that's an interesting thought process, especially because I will say that Google Stadia's tech, while it is not what they promised, is still very promising. If that makes sense. Like, yep. they, you know, they're doing 4K streaming. The latency is very good. I mean, a hell of a lot better than PlayStation Now. But they still haven't met that, like, I don't know. They were talking about a lot of games being 4K, 60, and HDR. Hmm. And I think like Doom Eternal might be one of the only ones that did that. And it wasn't at launch. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I want to read a quote here from Phil Harrison. 
He said, creating best-in-class games from the ground up takes many years and significant investment, and the cost is going up exponentially. Given our focus on building on the proven technology of Stadia, as well as deepening our business partners, we've decided we, are, we will not be investing further in bringing exclusive content from our internal development team, SG&E, beyond any near-term planned games. So, yeah, just funny that it's like, okay, you're Google. Yeah. And you're like, oh, making games is too expensive <laughs> for us. It's like, yeah. no, you don't believe in the product at this point. It has not gone the way you want it. It hasn't gone up enough to change your business model and since you started it. Right. Yeah, I got my Stadia for, they were giving them away for free. I have YouTube Premium and I they sent me a Premiere Edition for free. That thing retails for $100. Right. Oh, shit. Yeah, and they just sent huh. them out. Um, cause I think it, 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 there's definitely, I don't know. I don't know how long blood has been the, like it's been in the water since this thing been announced, but I think the, the most telling thing is the best PR this service has gotten is that it ran cyberpunk slightly better than the base consoles. Right. That is true. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So that was really their watershed. We're back guys. Look at this. We can, we can run this game. It's not a 4k, but Hey, it's better than your uh, eight year old PS4. Yeah, I was going to say I it's wonder, not 16 frames per second. Yeah. I wonder if Maybe. they saw enough of an influx in users when that happened that they were like, Oh, figuring out how to make this work with other studios is going to be better than. I mean, if they can really somehow hit the ground running, they've got like, the consoles are supply constrained for what I think it's supposed to be like another year and a half at least through yeah. AMD's report. They've got the infrastructure there too. I what mean. a shame. Yeah, and I think they're working on launching it through Chrome browsers. So uh, imagine school kids all throughout the nation have these Chromebooks that are now nationally provided for them. Google has direct access to them playing games on their school provided computers. Wow, that sounds mm. great. I think it already works on Chrome. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. Yeah. I remember I saw something. It was either last year or this year it was coming. Right. Yeah, it's... um. Like I said, it's a it's promising. It's just I think they've done they've made all the wrong moves to make it successful. I have one last question for you guys for the panel here about Google Stadia. How long does it realistically have left as what we know Stadia is today? I think if they can supplement it with some of these other services they're talking about providing it to other publishers, it might get a little bit longer and that might even make those deals we, we may see some cool deals that nobody's even thought of yet uh come out of that with people being willing to work with google and somehow utilize their tech uh but as far as a consumer facing service that we actually you know you go and you log up log in and you get a subscription i don't think we have much longer maybe no, maybe they could milk another year out of it but as far as stadia tech being used in games we all play i think that's probably a good possibility yeah yeah, I'm kind of with Ben. I wouldn't be surprised if their lackluster subscription service was gone by the end of the year, quietly even. But it won't be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they want it to be they quiet. They yeah, would want it yeah, to be quiet. Exactly. Nobody who signed up for it would. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think positioning in a different way than they have been is obviously going to be good for them. I don't think anyone has thought that their first year has been good. No. Right. Um, so, you know, something needs to change and I want it to work out. But honestly, the track record really isn't giving me hope. But I mean, the tech's cool. And that's what I think they should lean into. I think the fact that they uh, nobody else has tried this yet, that they have a controller that links to the Wi-Fi and then directly to the servers versus having to go to your computer and then to the servers. I think that alone is game changing. 
as far as latency, which is something that apparently a lot of people don't care about, but I can't play with any kind of... I'm a prima donna about it, I'll admit it. But they just didn't pull it off in the right way. But that that tech alone, just like the fact that they figured out how to even use your controller faster is something none of the other streaming services were like, we should do this, you know? That's a good good start. Um, I just worry that you would take like a total rebranding because the Stadia name itself has such a stink on it at this point. It's almost like how you can imagine something in your brain and you can instantly know how like the internet will react to that anything with stadia right now i think you're gonna get a negative reaction because it's so easy to dump on it and make a joke out of it um and i i think you might see his text stay around maybe it gets rebranded google games or something similar to that um but i think to truly turn the tide it would require the kind of capital investment similar to something that epic games has done where when they start doing they announce the epic games launcher pushback everyone hated uh it's spyware whatever then they just give you free games for three years everyone forgets about it and i worry that google's already put that capital investment into these studios where they may not be willing to bleed more money in a way similar to epic to get that goodwill back well Epic right. not only did that they engendered they engendered goodwill from gamers by giving them mm-hmm. free games but they engendered even more goodwill from developers which then translate to gamers by giving them a better cut than Indeed, any of the other yeah. markets uh any of the storefronts so Google doesn't those opportunities I don't see there for Google because mm-hmm. they're not it's not the same thing. They're not yeah. willing to lose as much money as Epic would be on their engine. Google has proven time and time again they're willing to shut something down as as fast as they need to if it quit making money. Right. The wind blows the wrong way for right. a moment and they're yeah. like, yeah, we're and, we're done. And maybe that's a good I mean, their books are better than ever, so maybe that's you know, that's paid off at least monetarily. Yeah, but Epic's is like in the long game right now. Yes, absolutely. You know, like not a lot of I mean, it is Google we're talking about. Epic's right? also so, funded you know. by infinite Chinese money, which we don't know what Google's getting their money well, from. Well, I was going to say. They've, they've got magic, like a, just yeah. a sack of money. Yeah, I, know. Blowing it out. I was just going to say that. I was like, but it's Epic. But then I was thinking, wait, we're talking about Google. So like, <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it's not like either one of them doesn't have, you know, money to print. So, yeah. Well, we will, you know, continue to keep an eye on Stadia. Brandon, this next one. I was really thinking about you when I wrote it out mm. as someone who enjoys this franchise. Is it and perverted? It, what is it? Is it perverted? We, we can make it perverted. It's going to be stars. difficult, but <laughs> <laughs> so EA during an earnings report has given us some details on battlefield six. Okay. Is coming this spring. Okay. They described it as all out military warfare with more players than ever before. <sighs> And I'm going to read you exactly what we heard from this earnings call. And I'll try to see if I can read this PR speak properly. Okay. (laughs) We're looking forward to sharing a lot more about our fiscal year 2022 plans in the months ahead, including our next battlefield experience, which will mark a return to all out military warfare. The game takes full advantage of the power of next generation platforms to bring massive and immersive battles to life with more players than ever before. Featuring maps with unprecedented scale, the next vision of Battlefield takes all the destruction, player agency, and vehicle and weapon combat that the franchise is known for and elevates it to another level. (laughs) The team is focused and the game is ahead of our internal milestones. We will reveal the game in the spring and deliver the defining Battlefield experience for all of our players in the 2021 holiday season. So, Brandon, I know that you 
probably have dipped your toes, especially recently, into Battlefield more than the rest of us. Yeah. So it sounds clearly like we're going modern once again for yeah. Battlefield. It's been, you know, a few years now. Yeah, it's quite. been long enough. So how do you feel about, uh, you know, a next-gen Battlefield? What are your expectations and what do you what do you want? What is the course correction for this franchise? Well, a lot of it for me personally was... The time frames. I mean, I don't know how to describe this. Fighting with old weapons is fun. And I've had a lot of fun doing it in a lot of games. But I think I'm just ready for that, for it to go back to modern. And I think that's going to be a good way forward. And it seems to be really popular right now. And I don't know if that's going to make another loop around to old guns here in a couple years, most likely. Um, but my first thought initially is that I don't need more players. That's not right. what I need Agreed. from the game. So the fact that that was like one of the biggest things I heard you say during that kind of is weird to me because there's already a like, you know, it's not like 64 players right. in, the, in the big maps. Right. It's already a big map. Yeah, yeah. right. Big, exactly. Yeah. And when I play a battlefield game and when I played battlefield <laughs> one and stuff like that, I mean, the maps are big and they're gorgeous, but I don't, think the problem with those games and why they didn't do as well as maybe battlefield four was because they were not big enough or there wasn't enough mode. players Sorry. you know what i mean Dude. Yeah. you don't agree no nope. i'm gonna say do you think it means battle royale road mode that would be interesting um and it would probably do decently because it'll be at the right time after you know you've had your time with this game now you've had your time with this game right. Yeah, I mean... By that time, Warzone will be old news. I think they got a really good engine, and it looks really great, and it, when it works, it works great. But I haven't felt the spark for Battlefield since Battlefield 4. And I don't know what exactly that means, if it's a mixture of, like, the weapons and... How are you going to break up? The design. I don't know, man. I think it's me. I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> know if it's Battlefield. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm not exactly excited for it. I'd like to see a BR, I guess, since that's what's happening right now in the industry. It's real big. It would make sense for them. But, yeah, I don't really know how to feel about it, honestly. Where is Bad Company? Mm. Yeah, we thought we were getting a Bad Company game. I don't, I don't think it's time. It's not time. It's been 10 years. Yeah, I, I don't know. They could sit on that for a while. Like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like Bad Company would maybe make sense after this. They need... I don't know. Maybe a bad company would entice people back into the good graces since, you know, especially with Battlefield uh, 5, people were kind of like, yeah. eh. What but, makes Battle Company, Bad Company so special? Like, I've heard about it. Is it mm. only, the only thing I've heard about Battlefield Bad Company 2 is that you could destroy everything, which people liked. It was like, that was one of the first games where that was the case. Yeah. Mm. That's not as big of a deal anymore. So yeah. what would a Bad Company 3 do for you, you think, that would make it more enticing than just uh, another Battlefield? Well, one, not that it's the main crux of these games, obviously, for me or anybody else, really, is the, the storyline is just cool. Mm. I like the storyline in the Bad Company games. Uh, but... More so, like, it's just a different... Like, you've got different weapons. Uh, granted, some of them are, are similar to the mainline games. And, and full just, I didn't play... I haven't played since Battlefield 3. I played a little bit of 4, but it was basically... I wasted $60 because I just didn't like it. Uh, 
the but the bad company games just like they they feel different. I feel like the the uh, the squads are different. The layouts just feel a little bit. I don't know. It just everything about it feels different to me than the regular Battlefield games. Pair that with the story, and it's just it makes more sense to me. There's probably way more differences, but again, I haven't played a Battlefield game in gotcha. eight to ten years at this point. Gotcha, gotcha. Matt, do you have any experience with Battlefield? Does this uh, announcement make you feel anything? So I, the first Battlefield I ever played was like the demo for Battlefield, like 1942 on PlayStation 3. Oh, yes. You, I, I love that. That game. was a great game. That was great. Yeah. It, was, it was just simple enough. Yeah. I never bought the actual game. I only played the demo because you could play on Iwo Jima for free, just 24-7. Oh, nice. Sweet. So, yeah. So I just only played that. Uh, then I got my PC and I got Battlefield 4 uh, a few months after launch. And I loved the evolution in that game. Mm. I know it happened the same time every, but being on that, fighting on that tower in the Shanghai map and then yes. watching it fall and being able to parachute and see it, even though it happened the same time every, every, every uh, match, it was still really cool. And then after that, I just kind of started playing uh, in the, the, the locker map when it was really tight. I played like pistol only matches. Oh. So that's really my only experience with Battlefield. But I, uh, the funny thing is I was Googling when is Battlefield 6 coming out the other day and I got one of those weird articles where like, we know nothing. And now it's nice to know that <laughs> it is actually coming. Right. Yes. Cool. One thing that I think I'm excited about is that especially the, the big thing that my takeaway from this little blurb is that it says the game takes full advantage of the power of next generation platforms. Whatever that means. Here's, here's no, here's what I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about means. this. Yeah. Here's what it means is that if they make good on this and they release it only for Series X and PlayStation 5. Those consoles, one of the biggest differences between PS5, PS4, Xbox One, and Series X is the CPU. And the CPU is what dictates that level of destruction, Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Obviously, PCs have been golden on this for a while, but especially uh, with the more modern Battlefield games, they're not, they're designed for all platforms and so you have to imagine that there was some level of like okay we can't go too crazy uh, like on a pc because we need to make these work on the ps4 and xbox one which has the shitty cpu that is what caused frame rates to be horrible throughout the entire generation now we've got desktop class cpus in these systems and so to me that just tells me it's like okay it's really go time now with this franchise, especially in the destruction department because of that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. yeah Dustin, I'm just telling you straight up, there are going to be last gen versions of these games and they're going to constrain the new ones. You're going to be stuck waiting yeah. for a match for two minutes because some guy has to load in on his PS4's SSD. Yeah. And it's going to be cross play. And it's it's going to suffer from the same, <laughs> the same bullshit that Cold War does. Yes. Mm. The same exact bullshit. And the last gen version, it's going to run at like 720p. And no mm. one's actually going to play it, and but once, it's going to have to be exist. Yeah. yeah. And once again, I said it once, I'll say it again. It doesn't make any sense. I know nobody has a PS5. Cut out the last gen. Fuck them. I have it. I don't <laughs> care. Yeah. Fuck them. If you don't have it, you don't want it. Wow. No, wow. No, I'm, oh, just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. No. Um, They're really hard to get. But no, I just hate seeing these. And it's happened since, you know, last gen too. I mean, being, you know, I remember Destiny was one of the ones that I played a lot and it needed to be parodied from the last consoles. And right. I just hate seeing it mm. because, you know, you hate to see your it. most core, hardcore audience is there and they're hungry. They're all going to buy it because and, there's nothing else to play. Well, yeah, and, and, and it's just like they're scrounging and I just hate seeing it get held back for no reason to me, but I guess to somebody else. Yeah. 
The well, thing is, the sorry, oh, no, the attach rate with those games specifically is higher than it will ever be for a game in the future, in mm. the first year of the console life, because mm. the fewest amount of people have it. So, like, while you may not be able to reach as many people, you're probably going to sell just as many or more because people who wouldn't normally buy a game in that uh, a game of that style or that specific game at that specific time are going to be more likely to buy them on the new con- and that's why we always see launch games no matter how good or bad they are do really well right. and i don't know if you're going to see that this gen as far as the uh, a lot of because a lot of people now are saying i'll just wait till i get that and then not getting it at all versus more people buying it on all systems because it's just they know it's not going to run as well. I was going to say, is there like a catch-up game with that too? It's Probably, like, but know. we've never had like some. Not never had. We've obviously had cross-gen titles before, right. but they don't do as those cross-gen titles unless it's something like Call of Duty or something. Right, aren't going to do as well as games at least uh, as far as attach rate kind of thing. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Wow, aren't going to sell as many as games that. Uh, come out just on that new console and then almost everybody buys it regardless of if they're interested. Like Matt bought Demon Souls and he's complete shit at it. Right. Yeah. So and he bought it because it's one of the it's was the only PS5 exclusive. Scrub. Is that yeah. true? Yes. Good, you good. know what? You actually just remind me. For some reason I thought Sackboy was exclusive, but it's not. But no. I bought Demon Souls Sackboy's and I not did exclusive? not like it, but I bought yeah. it because it was the PS5 game. What? Yeah. So I have a theory. Wait, so wait, sorry. Brandon and I are having a side revelation over here. Sackboy's not exclusive. Sackboy's not exclusive. He just found out Sackboy's not exclusive. It's on PS4. Does that mean you could play with a DualSense and a DualShock? If you're playing the PS5 version, you have to use a DualSense. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Okay, here's my theory. Tell me if you guys think. Man, you're in marketing, right? Uh, I'm a marketing major, yes. So let's put it Tell me if this makes sense. Okay. This is just, I have no experience in any kind of big marketing. But... Battlefield fans, there are a hardcore, you know, group of Battlefield fans that they do not play Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. But the vast majority, I would say, are people that play Call of Duty and Battlefield. Mm-hmm. OK, so they're they're trying to earn Call of Duty players to say, hey, buy our game in addition to Call of Duty because it's a different experience. Mm-hmm. Right. So come this Christmas, what if their advantage to say. We are only on next gen because our game can only run on next gen. And this is the true FPS shooter experience. And the other titles out there are cross or, you know, cross generation and cannot take advantage the ways we can. That's a weirdly worded press release. Do you know what I mean? But that's what I mean. I would I would get a C on that in one of my my marketing classes. Okay, but uh, I get what you're getting at. It's not how I said it. It's the idea. (laughs) Um. Uh, I think what the conflict there is how many of these consoles that are going to be out there that we always come back to. Mm. Um, Battlefield, I think it's a larger market share on PC because it has sort of a history there in yes. comparison to Call of Duty. So you will have more hardcore people willing to play Battlefield. They want to 4K, 60 frames per second. They want to see all this destruction. Um, I think Battlefield does have an interesting opportunity here because I've finally looked into getting back into Call of Duty for the first time in forever. Nice. I actually considered buying it which i have not done since black ops 2. Oh, that's right you asked me the other night if you should buy it Very yeah nice. and i have not because i had to spend a lot of money um but yeah. maybe uh <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe when maybe. i get money again uh <laughs> but i'm thinking battlefield might be able to uh, grab this opportunity that's sort of persistent in the call of duty community where it there was almost this opportunity for modern warfare to be the first two-year call of duty game and i'm coming into it looking now that there's this conflict 
Battlefield swoops in, maybe there is more of an opportunity, but you're going to, I'm getting confused here, but you're going to have to be on the last gen consoles to do that. There's n no reason for them to go only on next gen. I give you a C yeah. on the presentation. Yeah, no, that kind of, I got, I got warbly well, there. But I'll take There's the a lot idea. Of ideas. Yeah, dude, you. dude. Activision is just listening to your point right now and just counting their money. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Right. Yeah. While they're listening to that, like, hmm, interesting. Um, like, interest, interesting your take. Uh, we could sell <laughs> 60 times as much if we do. <laughs> yeah, really. So, well, does anybody want to do like an over under on the battle pass for this new game here? Chan like how much chances? It costs? Chances? Oh, a battle chances pass? Chances is going to be in there? Oh, 100%. They're going to have a battle pass. We'll see. Hmm. Skins are the way. Yeah. Skins, skins are the way. Do you guys want to talk about some sales numbers? If we have to. Hell yeah. Now, Matt, I'm pretty sure this, <laughs> this, the source for this, which he's not the source, but he's the one who compiles the information from Benji Sales. Yes. On Twitter. I, I saw you guy. tweet at him yeah, I, the other day. I just think he's just a friendly character, and I, I'm trying to make friends with him, so now I just tweet at him randomly. Yeah. So he tweets out a lot of interesting sales data, and this specifically is about Nintendo Switch sales. So... Here's the, the scoop. Switch has sold 79.87 million units and has already outsold the 3DS lifetime sales. Now, we also have some information on software. All the 3DSs? Mm -hmm. All the 3DSs. Put it is together. All of them. Total. Combined. Combined. It 2D, outsold. 3D. I'm assuming it it is the entire family God of 3DS. damn. Yeah. Now... Here's what's even more interesting to me is the software attach rate is insane. Brandon, what do you think the number one selling game is on Switch? Animal Cross. Animal no, Crossing. No, that is second. Smash. No. Mario Kart? Mario Kart. Okay. Mario Kart there. is leading I'll, the charge. I was charge. getting there. I was getting there. <laughs> okay. That makes sense, actually. I don't know why I didn't start with that, but. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has sold 33.41 million units. Right behind that is wow. Animal Crossing at 31 so Animal Crossing is getting pretty dang close. Yeah, that's that's really impressive, honestly. In one year. Yeah. It for, is not Animal, Animal Crossing, Crossing has wow. not been out an entire year yet. Wow. Uh, wow. I think it's easy to underestimate Animal Crossing because we're just gamer boys sitting in this gamer room, but we yes. need to expand it to the gamer girls. Animal Crossing is an absolute juggernaut with the female audience. I know so many women in my life who have only gotten Switches just for Animal Crossing, yeah. and that's what's selling this I've, game. I've had anecdotal evidence of that as well. Mm -hmm. Two people at my work just randomly drop. They're like, oh, yeah, I have a Switch. I have Animal Crossing. And I'm like, but with that said, what? <laughs> I never would have thought it. J just, you know, with that said, we're just gamer boys sitting in a gamer room. But we all bought it. Yeah. I don't know if you yeah. bought it. Not, I did not buy yeah, it. Yeah. Um, uh, right. But you bought it. It doesn't matter if you it, played it or you're They got my it. fucking money. It's Fuck cultural you. juggernaut yeah. at the time. Right. Yeah, man. A talk show hosted in it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We said it a bunch. It came at the right time. So the rest of these numbers, real quick. So in third place, Smash Bros. Ultimate at 22.85 million. Very nice. Breath of the Wild at 21.45 million. Pokemon Sword and Shield combined at 20 million. Uh, and so that's wow. actually 20.35 and then right below that Mario Odyssey at 20.23. Those are all physical only, right? No, because I think this data came from Nintendo. Oh, okay, okay. Dude, why is Nintendo seeing those Breath of the Wild numbers and me and like, let's get this shit moving? Oh, I'm sure that they... Yeah. You know what I mean? It's Here's the thing is that it's not unheard of, but for the most part, not normal that they do a direct sequel to a Zelda game. They did it with Majora's Mask. 
and like handheld ones, Phantom Hourglass, and Spirit handheld. Tracks. I feel like they are moving. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like the f- simple fact that we had, know that's coming and Breath of the Wild only released in like 2017 isn't usually like a five to seven year cycle for Zelda games. Like this is them going fast. Yeah. I'm trying to think what the, the cycle is pretty slow on that because I'm just thinking before like, that it was A Link Between Worlds and that was 2012, 11? 12 or 13. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which they did put out um, the remake of Link's Awakening. Yeah. In between. Yeah. So that's kind of a good yeah. middle Majora's step. Mask. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. The 3DS. Yeah. Was that after Breath of the Wild that they put that out? Oh, no, 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 no. I was talking about Link Between Worlds. Oh, right, right. But, but the thing about specifically Zelda, but any, really any Nintendo first party is they know that quality sells games. And they also know that if it was 40 years in between these games coming out, they would still sell all they wanted to when it did come out. Yeah. Maybe even more at that point, but they know that they don't have to rush anything because they're not dependent upon that game selling this year for their company to remain afloat. Right. That's the, that's the Nintendo privilege, if you will. They don't sell video games. They sell themselves. Honestly, they sell these characters. Right. That's something so weird about that is like, you look at like them next to like an Activision and how they just like pump out shit all the time. It's just so weird that I guess it's just weird not seeing them try to maximize and just push stuff out. Nintendo goes slow, takes their time. And I think Ben's right. You know, they try and put out decent stuff. I mean, it rains way too fucking much, but it's all right. You know? (laughs) Yeah. I think it's because they are just eternally relevant. They're like that big guy in the corner of the room who you don't want to poke with a stick because you know, fuck you up. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, With his sale in the numbers or whatever. Reggie's in the corner. They are basically the Disney of the video games industry. Right. Like, you will know when it's coming because it will be a big deal when it happens. Everyone is a landmark. They're known for making these revolutionary games. And if you have to think someone is Mr. Video Game, it is still Mario. Yeah. So yeah. They just completely own that. Yeah. Right. This just further continues the, the, the Disney and Nintendo connection here, Dustin. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're already doing the Nintendo Vault thing now, which we've talked about extensively on the show. He meant Nintendo and Disney adults. Yes. Oh, the Fan Nintendo. Boys, yes. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. Furthering the cause. That's right. Yeah. So one other tweet from Benji that I wanted to read here just because it's crazy is that he said Switch will surpass the Wii and 100 million units sold lifetime by the end of 2021. It'll go from there to finish as one of the top three highest selling consoles of all time. So. Hmm. Quite the move after, you know, the Wii U, you know, highs and lows. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, (laughs) obviously the Wii was a meteoric success, but really the Wii's success to me is only the first half of the console's life because it completely lost any of its luster um, shortly after that initial boom. What was the best game on the Wii? Wii Bowling. Boom Blocks. Mario Galaxy. Oh, man. I was going to say Super Mario Strikers. So we all, Strikers. We all have a different... different Damn. Approach. But Brandon, I know you were kind of kidding. Maybe. Dude, no, that's just slaps. Fuck you. We The Wii Sports package, the best packet Dude, of packet, all time. Literally the best packet of all time. And maybe 100%. the best Wii game that came out. 100%. Best packet. I don't know. I feel like Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt, though, on the NES. Everyone has that cartridge. Yes, but... As far as quality... They, Though Mario, I mean, for the time they gave you Mario, I don't disagree. That's in the past, buddy. But I want to talk Everyone about. Everyone knows Wii Sports now. I want to talk about something you know, 
obviously we can't actually know this, but what is the amount of minutes per year those games have been out that they were played? I guarantee that there were many more minutes played. I, I shouldn't say I guarantee. I'm guessing there were many more minutes guaranteed because everybody who had a house party, everybody who had friends over was playing Wii sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there have probably been more minutes played per year. That game has been out than super Mario. Now will super Mario pass that again because it will remain relevant while Wii sports has faded into the background. Absolutely. But I'm betting in that first year of Mario being out and the first year of Wii Sports being out, Wii Sports did better numbers as far as oh yeah, packing, as far as uh, minutes played. How many TVs do you think were destroyed by the bowling game? In the way first too year? many, dude. Way too many. There was a blog that I followed yes. during that era called "We uh, We Have a Problem," mm-hmm. and it was all just people <laughs> sending in photos of like. People fucking up their fingers, like yeah. breaking glass, breaking TVs. Dude, my brother broke a light above his head, that tall motherfucker. <laughs> he was going to bowl and just like that, like he was standing yeah. underneath one of these, hit the shade on the light. That's like a you put Phil. strap on you. Oh, yeah, dude. Dude, yeah. And I mean, we kind of had that happen with VR. Yeah. Phil broke. <laughs> he was playing that uh, football game. Dude, yeah. And he broke the his overhead light playing VR. And Ben had butted the table. Remember that? <laughs> playing super hot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we shared that moment, Dustin. Yeah. Ben was there, but he was in VR. I was in a different perspective. <laughs> he was in super hot. I was getting knocked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, congrats to Nintendo. I don't want to go over to this point again, but it's obvious to me, at least, as much as we want to switch pro, they don't need it. It's right. not coming. Not coming. At least I don't think this year, unfortunately. I think they said so, right? Yeah, they were. Well, initially, I, I didn't follow this super closely. They kind of had a non-answer initially where they're like, well, we're always looking at new har- hardware possibilities or something like that. And then uh, was something else more clear where they were they, like, no. From my understanding, they were fined it too that we have no current plans at this point for specifically this year as well. I think it also got enunciated. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if enunciated is the right word. It might have been emphasized, but one emphasized, of those two. Yeah. yeah. They enunciated and emphasized. Yeah. Wow. They, they double serious. marked it. They did it all. All right. Well, I have one. I have a shorter thing that we can talk about real quick, and then we can do our quickies. The PS Plus games have been announced and released Mm-mm. since last episode, and I want to go over them because they are significant bangers. Uh, well, I guess one of them. We, we're, <laughs> how about this? They're significant as far as the... <laughs> the uh, the magnitude. They all have a repertoire. Yes. yes. Yeah, but listen, I want to talk about this. Go ahead, but go ahead. So the games are Destruction All-Stars, initially planned to be a launch title, now a free PlayStation Plus game, Concrete Genie, which is a first-party game from Pixel Opus, which was out in 2019. Sounds right. Anyway, yeah. it was kind of mixed reception a lot. Some people really liked it, other people not so much into it, but... I think it's a lot of game that a lot of people passed up on and now we'll just check it out because it's free. And the big one for me, I would say, is Control Ultimate Edition, which includes the PS5 version of the game or the PS4 version. If you don't have it is the PS5 version, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, it's PS4, too. It's both. Oh, wow. I didn't. They managed to save a little bit of face with that, didn't they? Well, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah. So this was talked about on sacred symbols and I'm realizing that I think Colin and Chris and I had the wrong perspective on this out of ignorance in that there was that big controversy about, well, you can only get the free upgrade to PS five. If you buy the ultimate edition, right? right? Okay. Mm. Less than a month ago, they put the ultimate edition on sale for PS four, not on accident. Oh, okay. This was on it. There was, that's a whole different fiasco where they accidentally upgraded people. Oh, So wait, 
they put it on sale right before they were going to give it away for free? Yes. Oh, my God. And so a lot of (laughs) Control fans begrudgingly bought that Ultimate Edition because they knew the upgrade was coming. They're like, well, it's on sale. The upgrade is coming. I'm going to buy it. They bought it, and then less than a month later... Oh, my God. How long has the Ultimate Edition been out? I don't know. Okay. Not super long. That's what I thought, too, yeah. But So you've got a lot of people who just bought... I wonder if the sales numbers were that soft that they were like, well... I feel bad for Remedy. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's I don't know. I don't even almost want to play it out of spite at this point. I'm just kind of like, I don't Have know. Have you played it at all? No. Oh, it's a bad Dude. No. I think you'd banger. like it. Yeah. I you probably would. It, oh, yeah. Wow. That, was, wow. that was one of the games I surprisingly do finish that I've wow. been playing. I think I beat it in like two days. Damn, great. dude. Is it lengthy? It's like eight no. hours, I think. Okay. Yeah. That's nice. Not too bad. Yeah. I, yeah. I think you'd like it. Some of the longer games, I'm just kind of like, eh. It's, it's not something you get like weighed down with story and yeah. other things. It's very much you can just push through it cool. if you want to. That's cool. So, Brandon, you had something you wanted to talk about. Was that it or was it no. Destruction All-Stars? Yeah, Destruction All-Stars. Are you guys seeing a little bit of buzz about this? What's the, no. what's the word about this? Have you looked at the character select screen? No, I haven't. It is... It will make you want to like kiss a character designer for Overwatch on the mouth. Really? It, it's like it, it, you're staring at the color gray. Okay. It is a lesson in genericness that I don't think could ever be <laughs> okay. conceived by anyone else. Okay. So <laughs> it's it's like you ever looked at one of those pictures where it's like you can't recognize anything in the yes. frame. Yes, it feels it's like exactly you're like yes. that. Okay. Okay. I have to agree. I installed it today, and I played the tutorial, and I played one offline match. And that was striking that I was like, <laughs> I just, no, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. The, so the character that I was playing as is this like Japanese girl that wears like a Daft Punk helmet that it's not a Daft Punk helmet, but it's like an electronic helmet for mm-hmm. like DJs or whatever. And I was looking through these other characters and I was like, oh my God, like what? This is like somewhere between Fortnite and you mentioned Overwatch too, but it's just yeah. not good. Know what it reminded me of, weirdly? Bleeding Edge. It has the oh, same kind yeah. of appeal as that game. Hmm. Well, Which is none. N- none of us are actually surprised by this, but I don't know how anyone can be surprised if Destruction All-Stars is not great. Because, like, remember, this was supposed to be a launch game, which no one thought looked good. But it was a launch game, so it was probably going to do okay. PS5 exclusive. PS5 exclusive Would have been one of two. Game. Yes. Oh, that's, so, that, that's that made-for-next-gen you're talking about, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so many of these... Many many of these games were only sold because they were, you know, GameStop and other retailers were bundling them with a new console when you pre-ordered. And so their sales numbers had to be somewhat decent. But it was, one, they realized it was enough of a bummer. Two, they probably realized that not enough people were interested to even make this game not free. Right. The only hope for this game when they made that decision was that it was going to have some sort of microtransaction revenue system for them to reap the rewards because everyone had it, not because it was a good game. And so like, I will play this game simply for the sake that it is free and I already own it. But I, I don't think anyone actually expected that. That's going to be a good game. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. it just, there's too many red flags. I just saw people tweeting about it, and I was like, I, I literally didn't even care enough to investigate. I was just like, oh, okay, well, people, what, are, talk, people are talking about it. Now I have that. It sounds about right, though. Say, it sounds the, about right. The most lasting memory I have of this game, I think it was in like the reveal at the PS5 event, is that their feet were clipping through the floor. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. The, from when I played the gameplay, it felt 
solid and had some interesting dynamics. Like there's the whole parkour element where you like explode out of your car and you can overtake other cars and stuff. And I feel like if you had a group of buddies and wanted to play like three V three matches, it would be a good time. Just, just put some blood and guts in it. Bring twisted metal back. All right. right. I said that from the put some blood and guts in it. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. A subpar Twisted Metal game is better than whatever this is. That's fair. As long as they bring the truck back out again at E3, I want to witness that. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Is it? I remember that. Okay. Here's the quickies. Matt, are you aware about the quickies? Uh, I've listened to the HP podcast before, but I don't think I know specifically what a quickie is. Yeah, the quickie is like a headline that if we want to talk about it, we can, but it's not really substantive enough to be its own story so that's why it's just a little little quickie i got you just a little taste just just a little taste a little snippet returnal is has been delayed there's a new release date it's april 30th really yes that's okay so just a little extra time a little extra polish yeah i don't think it's gonna do anything for this game no i mean (laughs) (laughs) i think it was riding on being the next big ps5 thing and that was really all it had going for it in the larger sort of conversation I worry about Housemark a lot. They need to show what it's like to play this game. I know they released that combat trailer, but it did not tell us, like, here's a 10-minute gameplay session Mm -hmm. of this game. You know what I mean? That's the thing. I I said this on Sacred Symbols, so sorry if anyone listened to this and is, you know, hearing the same thing. But it's like, what? They have not justified this game being $70. Sure, it has $70 production value. Maybe it's as fun as $70. That's fine. I want this game to be amazing, but I'm just worried about it being that expensive and us knowing nothing about it, right. really. Yeah. I, I think they might be trying to push the PlayStation brand to a little too hard on this game. Sort of how we were talking about earlier with Nintendo, like you'll buy it because it's a Nintendo game and you know right. it's going to be solid. I'm now starting to get into that same rhythm with Sony games where it's like, oh, I'll get Demon's Souls because it's a first party or published at least. I know I'm going to get it. I don't think Returnal is kind of the first one and alongside Destruction All-Star is the first one where it's like, I don't know, even though Sony's coming at it, it doesn't feel like it has that stamp of quality. Does this have the PlayStation Studios stamp on it? Yes. Okay. For sure. Wow. Which that reminds me, I didn't wow. put in this list about the, uh, the a Sony first party game coming out on Xbox. That's we can true. talk about that briefly if you want. Do you know about this, Brandon? First you tell me Sackboy is an exclusive. <laughs> now you're telling me some other shit. It's, it's something I know so little about, so that's probably why I didn't even think of it. That's fine. I think we talked about it at one point, that basically the show, the MLB licensed game that Sony San Diego makes. Right, they were at every fucking PlayStation experience we've we ever been to. Right. <laughs> so a few months back, they basically said that it would be coming to other platforms. And the theory behind it is, is that the MLB was probably like, hey, We'll give you the license again. We'll re-up with you, but you need to release it yeah. multi-platform. Mm-hmm. And so now uh, we've got the front cover, and you can see there's an Xbox game that set has fucking PlayStation that Studios so on the cover. So strange. Yeah. I mean, I think it's less offensive that it's a, a sports game to me for some reason. Maybe because I don't care as much about it. But yeah, that is that is weird. I think that Sony is very weird. Yeah, they. I mean, they don't. Obviously, they would much rather have it being exclusive because there are people. They that definitely move systems with it. They buy. They bought a PlayStation to play this game, mm-hmm. right? They're they're sports fans, and they or they're baseball fans, and they can't go anywhere else for this, so they go to PlayStation. But you know, Sony is like, well, while we can't have the exclusivity, 
will be able to make a lot more money by <laughs> yeah, really, it being multi-platform. Really, yeah. So damn. Yeah. Huh. All right. They're not making money on their consoles anyway. Sony? Because nobody, yeah. nobody's getting them. Well, that's it. <laughs> but I mean, like, most of the time, you might break even on, on yeah. a new console, at least the last few. The real hope is that you're going to buy games and accessories and stuff. Yeah, yeah, the software. Yeah. This game is just going to do numbers. The amount of people I know who have Xboxes but are jealous of the show is it's, something special. Really? All they've had oh, yeah. as an alternative is, like, Nicktoons baseball yeah. for the past five it's, years. It's no real shit. The only, I, there's only other, one other MLB-licensed game, and it's on PC exclusive, and it's, like, a strategy sim. You don't even, It's not even, like... You're not even swinging a bat. So you're just, crazy. like, doing spreadsheets and stuff. That's crazy. I have no, like evidence in my friend group of like any sort of baseball game so that's really interesting to hear you, you shun baseball and xbox owners yes wow in that order yeah <laughs> this was an interesting one uh apex legends is coming to switch on march 9th oh shit so i honestly don't even know how that's gonna wow. run 360p 360p <laughs> that's right could yeah. you imagine the fast sliding wall running combat at on, 30 fps on your switch could you know just imagine holding the little joysticks in oh. your hand and trying mm-hmm. to perform well i just can't see it i mean hey it's gonna be great because it's free so everyone that has a switch good on you yeah but yeah i mean I, I maybe it's different because i have systems i can play apex on that aren't the switch but i have a switch and i'm not interested in even seeing how it runs with fortnite i was somewhat excited because i was i mean i was into fortnite i'm not not into apex i just don't play it right now but with Fortnite, it was like, let's see how this does. And then it was like, okay, it's not great, so let's just keep playing on the PlayStation or the computer. Yeah. But with this, I'm like, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's great for them, man. They're going to fucking sure. cash yeah. out. Get that kid money. On uh, the kid money, 100%. I've never played Apex, and I have no interest in it, but I just love when things come to the Switch that are just too ambitious for this little machine. It makes me so excited <laughs> for the Digital Foundry video that's going to come out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I love seeing they're <laughs> yeah, like, just... this game runs at 144p, and yes. God, it's terrible. Yes. But look, they did it anyways. Right. It, it also just is indicative of the success of the Switch. Like, yeah. nobody's making these crappy ports for a system that isn't going to make them money. Guys, do you smell the banana bread downstairs? I, do. Ooh, I, I, I can't bread. smell. Oh. oh, dang. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I wish I could, but thank you for letting me know. Yeah. I, I'm just hoping there's no gas leaks in my apartment for the next couple months. Well, you'll know eventually. Yeah, yeah you'll eventually <laughs> find out. I'll know. <laughs> All right, Beat Saber, huge success. They've confirmed they've sold 4 million copies, which is just insane Congrats, for a VR honestly. game. Yeah. In addition, they've sold 40 million DLC songs total. Wow, that's insane. 40 so, million? Dude, they had me buy, I mean... You bought the Lincoln Park. You got Lincoln I bought Park. the Lincoln Park. I bought the Panic at the Disco. Green Day. I did not buy the Green you, Day. You okay. didn't buy the Green Day, bro? I'll tell you what I did buy. They were at the Game Awards. People, you know, may judge me for this. I don't hate a dra- Imagine Dragons. Uh-huh. I don't love them either. But okay. people were like, this song pack is really fun. And I bought it. Which, and it's really fun. Which Imagine Dragons song? If it's from the It's Time album, that's okay. If it's from the Believer album, which was the Nintendo Switch song, Dustin... It has, sorry. it has a bunch. I just bought the whole pack. Okay. Okay. I'm going to back off now. <laughs> Dude. Well, just like so you know, we're on tenuous ground. Yeah. So. Dude, the Katy Perry pack's coming soon. That's dude. a banger. If it's got California girls and waking up in Vegas, that's it, dude. Damn. Best ones. Too Damn. bad they can't like emphasize hip swinging with any of the VR controllers right now because you know there'd be some real hip swinging. Going oh, yeah. On. yeah. It's just going to become Just Dance at that point. 
The Lincoln Park pack, though, is a banger. I don't care what anybody says. I have a, a good quickie and a bad quickie. We'll do the bad one first. Bleeding Edge officially confirmed to be no longer supported with new content. From, I'm shocked. Uh, <laughs> what's the studio there? Ninja, Ninja uh, Theory. Ninja, Ninja Theory. Theory. Yep. Yeah. So no one's surprised there. So let's let's talk about the, the fun one. God of War now has PlayStation 5 support, which to be clear, it's not a PS5 version. It is uh, enhanced backwards compatibility. You can now do 4K checkerboard, as we were talking about earlier, at 60 frames per second. You guys are pumped about this, right? Yeah. yeah literally two weeks ago, I popped this in my PS5 just to saunter around a little bit. And I was actually impressed by how it looked even then. And there wasn't any, you know, I just didn't remember. It was like I was seeing it with fresh eyes because I also did not have HDR back then, too. Yeah. My first playthrough. And so that coupled with this new, even better news. And I got to play it again. Yep. New game plus. It's time. And I got all the shit. Everybody's got it now. Everybody who has PlayStation Plus has access to this game already. Yeah. Hmm. This is actually huge. This just shows that, I mean... I would expect that we see more Sony first party titles get this support. Horizon. I think Horizon, Horizon is on the Last way. Last of Us Part 2. Last of Us Part I, 2. I literally am halfway through. I can't play it until they give it 60 frames per second. It looks disgusting. Wow. <laughs> I think it's coming. I think yeah. it definitely is. That, I think that they'll probably do like a, I don't know, will they release a game of the year version? I guess there's no DLC to resell it. Not with. yet. If I have to pay... For a PS5 upgrade for The Last of Us Part Two, I will find Neil Druckmann and castrate him myself. Whoa! Oh my wow. I will do it. I'm Neil. Picture I'm, I'm right sure now. that's not the Watch first out. time he's heard that recently. With, <laughs> yeah, I was going to uh, say the Abby <laughs> situation. Two things. One, even though I agree with you, and though it was unjust mostly, uh, Neil wouldn't have been able to make that call. I oh. just think that it is important for people who do think that to actually understand. Like, there's no way. That's like, would, I don't care. Would, I know. He, <laughs> he's like, regardless, he, he must pay. Yeah. <laughs> and the second thing is, there is no chance they are dumb enough oh, to no. release a free no. one for Days Gone and God of War and not release it for, for no extra charge for The Last of no, Us. No, dude, because I'm telling you. They're not I that dumb. said it once, I'll say it again. You're literally just drawing people back into your to your brand yeah mm -hmm. that's yeah. all you're doing god of war patch coming out guess what's coming out next year the end of the year whatever the fuck the new god of war is coming out it right. just brings them back yeah mm -hmm. it sweetens the pot that was already bitter sweet mm -hmm. it, wasn't, it wasn't bittersweet but it was very sweet w what are the extent of the games that get these like do you it's only gonna be the major ones right like something like medieval isn't gonna get a ps5 patch i can't don't highly think. doubt it i and the, and i feel like that did poorly enough that they just right don't care I think the the number one demand, though, is for Bloodborne. Yes. Like, obviously, I've been preaching about a Bloodborne patch for months, but it through streaming Sekiro and now Dark Souls, I swear every time I stream, someone in the chat's like, we need a Bloodborne patch. We need a Bloodborne patch. And it's different people every time. I'm like, I know I, I will keep talking about it as much as I can. Uh, we got to rally the troops on this. So make it happen, Ben. OK, I guess. Yeah, that's all I've got. For the show, right. and we are at we are a little bit over. So Matt, you've you've brought us past the hour mark. Yeah, just so much knowledge flowing out of my tiny little brain. <laughs> well, I have to say, Matt, you did a fantastic job. It was your first HP pod. Thank you for having Hope, me. And not your last. Hopefully, I, I mean, I we'll, we'll get like the the twice a year whenever I pass by. <laughs> right, <laughs> but I go to school and from school. There you go. Yeah. Any other things that I'm forgetting? I don't know. Sometimes people are like, you didn't. 
you know, you guys are I don't know. I, I don't out. actually want to castrate Neil Druckmann. I like his hair a lot. I just wanted to I wanted to backtrack on that and say something nice about him. <laughs> well, he does have nice hair. Yeah, we the audience. Uh, well, ho- I think our audience would know that you're joking. You're, you're not a toxic. No, in case he's in case he. Oh, of course he's listening. listening. Yeah. Oh, right. Uh, of course. If he's he in his is, little studio. Yeah, I mean, maybe he is. Who knows? Yeah. There's only a, one other thing I'd like to touch on. That's mostly because I'm thinking of it right now. Sure. And I'm worried I won't later. I've been trying to play some more Hitman. Oh, on yeah. PS5. And the last two sessions I've had playing it, the game has frozen and not locked up my PS5. Like, I can still go back out in the menu and everything. But the game has been freezing on me several times yeah. playing recently. Is that happening? Or am I, I haven't seen that anywhere. I've never had it freeze. It's happened to me, too. Uh, on Hitman? Yep. It'll sometimes it'll crash to a blue screen. Yeah. And then other times when I save scum and I load a bunch. Yeah. It will just have an infinite loading bar. Well, I haven't had it crash to blue screen, and I also haven't had it do what you're saying. It just like well, it's literally. Fun, I don't know what's going on. Freezes while I'm like walking around killing. Oh, somebody. really? Yeah. I haven't had that, but I've had other issues. And the one night I waited like ten or fifteen minutes just to see if it would un- like not stay locked up. And it didn't, so I had to go back out to the menu and crash the app and reopen it. And fortunately, it saved like right. It saves pretty frequently. Yeah. But. Mm. Well, that's what I was doing with that fucking loading thing. I'm just sitting there watching the logo fucking right. load forever. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all. Yeah. yeah. You made me think of like Premiere crashing and oh, walking. <laughs> Sometimes, like a Premiere crashes, I'm like, I don't know when this auto saved, so I'm just gonna get up, get a drink. Yeah, and just pray that when I come back to my <laughs> PC, it is not crashed. Yeah. Right. It sometimes will recover. Yeah. But uh, usually not. Well, sometimes it auto saves and messes up whatever I'm doing too. I don't oh, witness Premiere recover. That's actually that's like watching like the DVD bounce hit the corner. Man. Oh yeah, yeah. I, that's rare. Yeah, it's very rare. But all right, well, let us know. Actually, join our Discord as I mentioned earlier, <laughs> handsfam.com/slash/discord. Let us know if you've had Hitman freezing issues. But uh, that's it for this episode of the HP Podcast. Thanks again, Matt, for being yeah. here. Thanks it was a pleasure me. to have you on the show. Of course, boys, no thanks to you because you're always here. Right. That's all right. So right. fuck you guys. Understood. <laughs> and thank you to the audience for listening. We'll see you next week. The HP Podcast is fan-funded through patreon.com slash handsomephantom. Thank you to our Patreon producers. Jared, Felix Tees, Ali C83, Josh Cummings, Adam Thum, Stewie108, Charles Pedersen, Toby Ryland, Matthew Major, Straw Hat Ninja, Josh DeBerry, Michael J. Sutherland, Jared Cavaliero, and Jason Cannon.